Hi everyone, welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. And we are bringing you a little pre-Christmas episode. Yeah! We're getting close now. I know, it's literally exactly 10 days until Christmas Eve. Wow. Do you like Christmas Eve better or Christmas Day? I like Christmas Eve Same! I like Christmas Eve better. There's something about the anticipation, and depending on which side of the family we spend it with, I just think it's, like, so fun to do Christmas Eve. So we are not spending Christmas together this year. No. Which is okay, because we did Thanksgiving together this year. But I'm spending it with my other side of the family, my other cousins. Don't get too jealous. I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) And we do... um, They have us all over to their house, and we do, like, the seven fishes, which is a very, like, Italian thing to do. And it's... So fun. I love Which seafood. fish is your favorite? Um, she usually does like these stone crab claws, my <gasps> aunt. I am a that's a crustacean. Well I'm just kidding. It's it's a modern interpretation okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of the seven fishes. Uh, she usually does that. Sometimes they have like calamari, which is really yummy. Yum. We it's funny because we were just talking yesterday about how the two different calamari options are like the rings of calamari or like the little mini squid tentacles and me and mk were both saying that we like the squid tentacles and everyone like tells us that it's gross and everyone like shits on it but it's It's the best part it's so good like i understand that visually it's not the best but but it's crunchy it's crispy it's a little bit chewy on the inside it's delicious it's i am a big tentacle fan let us know what type of (laughs) what body part you like better on the squid um, um, so speaking of Christmas, yes, we will not be spending Christmas together, but we will be spending uh, this Saturday together because we are having our very own Christmas soiree, soiree. at our apartment. It's going to be so fun. So it's my family, your family, mm-hmm. our grandparents, our great uncle, and our two boyfriends. So all in a two-bedroom apartment. All, the whole squad is going to be up. so cozy. Sam. What appetizer are you making? So I actually decided literally today what appetizer. Okay, so I'm going to make this like spinach dip tree. So basically, have you? I'm sure you saw it on Pinterest. Is it the one with like the Pillsbury biscuits It's you not, like twist it into it? Yes. I don't think it's, if with this one it's said to use like pizza crust. Like, or, yes. Like, you know, but yeah, I think that's yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah, so it's basically like you get um a sheet of like pizza dough like thin pizza dough cute and you cut it a certain way and then like you fill it with the spinach dip that you make i'm so excited um I know, it's gonna be, i'm really excited i'm a big spinach dip gal and then it's like you can kind of just like pull it off and it's it's kind of like like a little breadstick dipped in um spinach dip yum so i'm really excited nothing I, wrong with that right and then i was like i was thinking i was like maybe i'll put like little cherry tomatoes on there to make it look like little ornaments but it's a tomato yeah wouldn't that be kind of cute yes um but i'm not totally sure yet but i think that's what i'm gonna make and it's gonna be fun and festive love it yours i'm gonna do a couple because i'm a glutton for punishment and i already don't have enough time and i have already involved myself in making a homemade gift for my secret santa right and I'm trying to get that done. I know you were working away yesterday. You I'm going to be working away tonight too. <laughs> but um, for my appetizer, my first appetizer, I'm going to be making like bacon wrapped dates. Delicious. Which I've never had, but I had like four people recommend them to me this weekend. So I guess they're like 
the it's new definitely craze. a thing. Yeah, and dates are really good. I've never had a date. They're they're very sweet. I've never been on a date. I've never been. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then what else am I gonna make? I am making these like tahini chocolate chip cookies because they're like I've Santa's cookies. I think it gives it like a little bit of a nuttiness without yeah. actually having nuts in them because we, we have, have some, some serious nut allergies in our family. And then what was the other thing that I was gonna make? Now I'm totally blanking. Um, uh, oh, some like shrimp crustinis. Right. I'm no, very... call it what you were gonna call it. <laughs> Shrimpy tidbits. tidbits. She's making. Sh- <laughs> but I think she got shy to tell everyone. What I did. <laughs> shrimp crustinis. <laughs> shrimp tidbits. <laughs> so you can use your imagination as to what a shrimpy tidbit is. It's like a cheesy shrimpy bread. Little piece of toast. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. And we will be updating you how that went probably in our next episode. Oh, yeah. Which is, well, yeah, definitely in our next episode. But, Sam, before we get into, like, the meat of this episode, yeah. do you want to tell the people what your family is doing for Christmas? I would love to. Thank you for putting me on the spot. This is actually <laughs> perfect because I do think the world needs to hear. I do, too. So, I'm... 24 years old. Yes. My sister is almost 26. <laughs> and my youngest sister is 18. So, you know, we've been a, fi- a family of five for a while. Yes. Um, my mom decided this year, you know, she had our entire childhood to, childhoods to think of this. But this year she decided that from now on, every Christmas dinner, we're going to have a theme. I love it. So once a year, our Christmas dinner, there's going to be a theme. And this year, she already decided. No one else got a say in it. We are having a colonial Christmas. So, so we are, each of us has to make a different dish that was made in the American colonies in the 1600s. <laughs> you know, back in the day. And we, then we, we each contribute a dish and my mom is going to make a colonial tablescape, whatever Aww, that that's means. that's so cute. I know, I was like, how does one... I, was like, I don't think they had tables back then. It's giving <laughs> Felicity Merriman. Yes, it's very Felicity. Very uh, George Washington, Martha Washington, Mount Vernon. Um, I'm going to be making... I'm making the dessert, so I'm making these like apple dumplings. Yum. Um, it's kind of weird because they used to... Apparently, I did some research, and they used to boil like everything. That was like the main way of cooking yeah, things back then. Um, so I'm going to do... It's basically like a pie dough, and then inside is like a whole apple, but it's cored, so there's no like seeds or anything Yucky in it. Stuff. Um, and you're supposed to then boil it, but I think I'm actually just gonna put them in the oven. But it's gonna be some sort of like apple dumpling. That sounds delicious. So hopefully it'll turn out. That's what like, the colonial Christmas awaits. Will you be wearing your petticoats to dinner? Well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is there like a dress code? I would be, if honestly, if they wanted to dress up, like, I would go out. I would go on Amazon and buy something. I unironically think that this sounds like so much fun. Right? Well, you and I, we were we wanted to go to the Renaissance Fair. Like, we like that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's, like, quirky, but it's fun. Who um, doesn't love a good game of dress up? I know. So, I know, but it's, like, also, like, powdered weight. Like, it's a weird era. It's just so funny that, like, for the first... <laughs> It's funny that she decided to start this tradition now, like, after yeah. everyone has grown up. <laughs> it does seem like something you would maybe start when, like, your oldest kid was a teen. <laughs> but, you know what? Better late it's than never, ever. It's never too late. Never I'm too late to start a new tradition. I'm also dying to see your dad in, like, full pilgrim apparel. Yeah, right? With, like, the powdered wig. I low-key feel like you would get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
So that'll be good. I'm sure I'll have updates about that. A very unique Christmas. Maybe we'll do like a colonial Williamsburg haunt. Ooh, we actually should. We should. Okay. 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 Remember this. Put a bookmark in that. But speaking of haunts, do you want to get into this week's haunt chosen location? (laughs) Yes. Let's get into this week's location. So. We actually had a listener write into us, right? Yes, we had someone DM us on Instagram. And they said that we should be looking in Maine because Maine has a bunch of haunts. And I feel like Maine is as East Coast as it gets. Or I guess Northeast as it gets. Yeah, I agree. So this one is not technically, I believe, one of the ones that she DM'd us about. I'm also going to give her a shout out. So from our listener, Nicole, we are doing... The Wood Island Lighthouse. Woo! Woohoo! This place is actually really fun. It's very interesting. I would actually love to visit this area if Me you too. look up pictures of the area, which I'll get into in a minute, but it's gore it's very like Martha's Vineyard y. Yeah. But like more secluded. So not to like keep you all waiting for the history and haunts because we really we know that's why you tune in. You don't yes. tune in to listen to us ramble. But <laughs> shrimpy tidbits. I'm sorry, shrimpy tidbits. My bad. <laughs> I ain't trying to pay eighty dollars a can <laughs> for some crabby for some crabby tidbits. Anyway, um, so I have been to Maine. Have you ever been to Maine? No. It is one of my favorite places I've ever been, wow. which is saying a lot because I, I well, I'm not. It's not like I'm well traveled, but I've been to like, some well weird places. Yeah. I feel like so. Um, I, I love Maine. Got killer lobster rolls, Yum. blueberry pie. We went to Acadia National Park when we went there. Absolutely gorgeous views. One of the most gorgeous places I've ever been to. And my favorite part was we biked around. We did like a literally 30 mile bike ride one Dang. day. And we biked to this place called Jordan's Pond. And they have like this little shack like restaurant up there. And they're famous for their popovers. Have you ever Ooh. had a popover? No, but I know what they are. They are amazing. They're just basically like a little bread roll, and you put like jam and butter in it. I, my mouth is literally watering that talking so about good. it. It is so good. So anyway, Maine holds a special place in my heart. I've always said that I kind of like I might want to live there someday. Are you sponsored by Maine? I, you know, Maine praises. Maine sponsored. The Maine us. government is sponsoring you to say they, this. The people will move there. They really they found East Coast haunts and they were like, "This is a this great is how way. we're going to get the people." <laughs> We've got the natural beauty and the haunted history. It's true. So it's they do both worlds. Um, yeah, that actually really makes me want to go to Maine. It's lovely. Singing its praises. Yum. Well, not yum, but Yum. So, let's get into our haunt in particular, which, like I said, it's the Wood Island Lighthouse. Yes. The Wood Island Lighthouse is located in Biddeford Pool, Maine, and it is the fifth oldest lighthouse in the state. Wow. So, yeah, I'm like, is that really that impressive, though, like, fifth oldest yeah, when you in said fifth of... oldest, I thought you were going to say in the country, but... No, like in the state. Okay. So... Yeah, are there a lot of lighthouses in Maine? I, I get a lighthouse so. vibe from there. Yeah. You know? Definitely, like, north... Like, New England gives lighthouse yes, vibes. it yeah. does. And the Wood Island Lighthouse has been casting its beacon into the Gulf of Maine for more than 200 years. So it's been there for a while. Yes, just a uh, little bit. The lighthouse is 47 feet tall. So, you know, pretty tall. 
Almost and as tall as me. Almost as tall as you. And it was established in 1808 under the order of none other than Thomas Jefferson. Oh my god. So, we know him. Fancy name there. And so the area that it's located in, which like I said is Bitterford Pool, Maine, um, it's the site of Maine's first recorded permanent settlement hmm. called Winter Harbor. Ooh, that's such a fun, like, I don't know. That I like the vibes of that name, Winter Harbor. Yeah, Winter Harbor. And it's actually a very popular area for vacationers and lobstermen. So I want to be a lobsterman. The lobstermen come up a lot in, in the history of the Wood Island Lighthouse. Don't, yeah. yeah. So according to the U.S. Coast Guard, this lighthouse is, quote, a white conical tower showing an alternate white and green light every 10 seconds from a focal plane of 71 feet above sea level. So, I don't really know what all that means, but it's got green light, it's got a white light. What do you mean you don't know what all that means? Like, I don't know what a focal plane is. Like, it's like a level plane. Like, it doesn't go, like, up and down, it just goes on a plane. Okay. Which I guess up and down could be a plane, but it goes on, like, a horizontal plane. I believe you. But I just don't understand it. Okay. (laughs) Um... The white light is visible for 18 nautical miles, and the green light is visible for 16 nautical miles. I wonder why that is. I don't know, but nautical miles, like, that's pretty far, right? I wonder... Yeah, I think a nautical mile is the same as a regular mile. Okay. Is it? But then why do they have to specify? Hold on. So, we did just pause to Google it, and a nautical mile is not the same as a land mile, because apparently you can't measure distance over water. Okay. So a nautical mile is a mathematical calculation based on, like, degrees of latitude around the equator. We're way out of my, uh, <laughs> what's the word? Expertise. Yeah, my, yeah like, so, <laughs> zone of expert. But I actually have no idea. I'm just going to say okay to that. Um, okay. Because I, don't, because I don't know what any of that means. And moving on. Moving on. Um, the lighthouse is also equipped with a fog horn that sounds two blasts every 30 seconds. Which, what? I know, I'm like, that can't be right. That can't be right. Two blasts? But this is on the every... official website. <laughs> every 30 seconds? That's ridiculous. Imagine living near there. I and guess you would like... probably get used to it. Yeah, but every 30 se- that's like four times a minute, if we math serves me correctly. No. It's, well, oh yeah, yeah, twice every 30. Twice every 30 seconds. So yeah, it's four, four times, times a minute. A minute. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, in intervals of like two times a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Too much math. I'm, I'm confusing myself. All right, we're just going to get into the actual history because I think I'm confusing us. So even 200 plus years later, the lighthouse is still operational and is maintained by the U.S. Coast Guard. With the help of the nonprofit called the Friends of Wood Island Lighthouse. So the lighthouse has gone through multiple cosmetic and structural changes throughout the years. One of the more humorous examples is when the lighthouse's uh, lantern was removed in 1972. You know how there's like a lantern in like the tower above? Yeah. For some reason they removed it in 1972. And it caused a public uproar because <laughs> the town people thought that it made the the lighthouse look headless. And that's the exact <laughs> quote. And ugly. Ugly and headless. 
So then they replaced it with a new Lantern in 1986, which is oh, like 14 years later, though. So I'm like, what took so long? The so, public uproar wasn't strong enough. Yeah, and if you look at pictures, I like looked at a picture and it does look a little bit headless. Okay. Um. So well, maybe we can we we'll, we'll post it on the Instagram. But it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. Um. Wood Island itself, so like the area around it, does support wildlife, including a small population of deer who swim the half mile to and from the islands to get on it. Which, okay. Have you ever seen a deer swim? Yes, I have, oh, actually. You have? Yes, because we used to live on a lake. Yes, you did. And it was like we had insane populations of deer because yeah. everywhere in New Jersey, deer are overpopulated. But they would go and swim across the lake to get to this like other island. No way! And we didn't know that deer swam. And so, like, one time, my dad and I were driving, like, I clearly remember this. We were driving past the lake, and Core memory. we saw this, like, a herd of deer on, like, a little island out in the lake, and my dad was like, I wonder how they get out there. And I was like, maybe they just, like, live out there. Yeah. Like, you know? That's what I would think. And then one day, like, we saw one of them two swimming. deer swimming to the island. We were like, what the frick? I just can't picture that. They just like their little heads. Like that is so scary. I was just like be beheaded because I would think they were like beheaded deer. <laughs> like if I just saw the heads floating. Well, you know, like Assateague Island down yes. in Maryland. Like you know how the horses swim. Oh, I I I thought they were just native to the island. No, they swim. That is so it's like weird. the swimming of the horses is like a thing down there. It's like the running of the bulls in Spain. It's so weird. (laughs) I just feel like there are some animals that shouldn't swim. I agree. Like dogs, fine. Deer, that is so funny. I just (laughs) thought it was so, when I read that, I thought it was so funny that they swim a half mile to get onto the island. The undulate animals (laughs) just seem like they shouldn't be able to swim. I know. So it does support some wildlife around there. Um, Some past lighthouse keepers uh, are named Tristan Gold. Goldthwaite, and he was the lighthouse keeper from 1832 to 1833. Stephen D. Batchelder, Ebenezer Emerson, Ebenezer, and W. See, we F. Told you it was a Christmas episode. It, hit, it truly is. And W. F. Lurvy was another lighthouse keeper. And I just wanted to point those ones out because their names are like literally the epitome of like lighthouse keepers. Like, of course they were lighthouse keepers with a name like Ebenezer Emerson. You got it, Emerson? But anyway. I just feel like they were born to be lighthouse keepers when you have these like fancy names like that. Also, can I take a second here and yes. just say, if you gave me the opportunity to like leave my life behind and become a lighthouse keeper, yes, I would do it in a second, like one heartbeat. I just yeah. want to live in a lighthouse. That's like my life goal. Would you do it for just so that you could like? live there like not even getting paid to do the lighthouse stuff. well if like all my needs were taken care then of then you would do it yeah i would do it i would get myself a little like shetland sheepdog i would throw away any clothes that were not jeans and cable knit sweaters and fingerless gloves and like a little beanie i would have a lifetime supply of hot coffee in the morning yes and i would just get i would get rid of my phone i would get rid of like my like tv i'd just stock like old books in my lighthouse and I would have like a nice little life. I think you've thought about this recently. I have because I really... You've been fantasizing. Yeah, sometimes I fantasize about going off the grid. I think that that sounds like a very relaxing life. Yeah, no, I I get it. Yeah. I would get a record player. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I do have a record player, but maybe not one that's painted, like, the American flags. <laughs> I'd get, like, a good old, old-fashioned record player. I'd listen to, like... Cozy on up. Yeah. Oldies. Like... Frank Sinatra. I was gonna say, like, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a lovely life. I'd like to bring my family and friends with me so that you all could live on the island. Thank you, I appreciate but that. But I want to live in the light. I would be, like, swimming with the deers. And anyone who can't... <laughs> <laughs> anyone who can't move to the lighthouse i'll write i'll become a pen pal that is so that sounds like a very fun life. doesn't it sound like when you first said that i was thinking i didn't agree but as you started to explain it i'm like that does sound like a it's very not nice that life. i want to like ditch anyone in my life i just think that that sounds like such a peaceful, a peaceful existence. existence jinx that you sounds lovely. A, or I owe you a soda. You owe me a lighthouse. No, I I, I want to have the lighthouse. <laughs> I think that does sound very nice, though. Doesn't it sound lovely? I've thought about this a lot. Uh, they should have, like, I think tonight as I fall asleep, that's going to be the scenario in my head that I picture. Ooh, like, I love living, doing I know, that. right? Yes. Be living in a lighthouse. So, all right. Back to the Wood Island Lighthouse. You know I mentioned Ebenezer Emerson. How can you forget that name? Love him. He served as the lighthouse keeper from 1861 to 1865. On March 16th, 1865, he saved the entire crew of the British brig called Edith Ann. I guess it's like a ship name. Yeah. Um, from drowning in a really big storm that was happening right near the lighthouse. Okay, King. And I was like reading an account of it, and it did. It was like treacherous. Like I couldn't really even tell exactly how. He was able to save them, but like he was going in, like helping them. He, he was like a hero, um, and so for his actions, he was commended by the Canadian government. Not sure why the Canadian government, yeah. right? Because he's a the, maybe because it's so close to Canada. Maybe the Ca- the Canadian government just was like, good job. Yeah, I guess so. And guess what he was rewarded with for saving all these lives? Galoshes. Close. <laughs> He was uh, commended by the Canadian government, and he was rewarded with a pair of binoculars. Oh! Why was I, like, low-key kind of close? I don't know what a galosh is, though. They're, like, rain boots. Like, the yellow rain boots okay. that you typically see. I don't know. I just kind of feel like... Those are so a similar to light. binoculars. I mean, like, I could have said, like, a million dollars, right? Yeah, that's true. It's, like, it's a mundane, everyday object. Which I was, like, I can't believe... I was, like, first of all, why did the Canadian government give them this... Second of all, why did they give him binoculars? Like, are you kidding me? And it's funny that he left later that year. I'm like, I wonder if that was, like, the last straw for him. He was like, I saved an entire ship, and they gave me binoculars. underappreciated. I don't blame you. But Ebenezer, he's probably, like, one of the more famous people that's associated with this place. And then the other famous person, well, not famous, um, famous in regards to the Wood Island Lighthouse, I guess, there's a man named Thomas Henry Orcutt. I knew you were going to... I knew <laughs> that this guy yes. was going to be the one. And he was a former sea captain, and he served as the Wood Island's lighthouse keeper for almost two decades, from 1886 to 1905. He knew it was the life. He knew... Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Me he and him are... Cable and it buddies. Yeah. So he had a dog named Sailor. I'm sure you... Did you come across him? Yes, I did come across yes. Sailor. And this is like the kind of life that I'm talking yes. about. Like my man was living the dream. So his dog, Sailor. Uh, if you look at pictures, to me it looks like a German Shepherd and Collie mix. 
but I looked it I found one singular source where they said the type of dog it was and apparently he was a scotch collie Ooh. Um, so I was part right but uh, anyway that's the only place that mentions the breed so Sailor was the dog of Thomas Henry Orcutt and he was famous because I guess when he was when he was like a little puppy Thomas uh, trained Sailor to ring the lighthouse station's fog bell in order to greet passing ships and he would do this by taking the bell cord in his mouth and like pulling it with his teeth so that it would Aww, ring. Sailor. But if you look at a picture like this was not like if you're picturing just like a bell like picture like something the size of the Liberty Bell. It was huge. And so he would grab a giant cord and he would like shake it around and it would make it ring but it was like no easy feat because <laughs> it was a big bell. We'll put a picture, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Do you see that? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, like, five times his size. It's so funny. Go off soon. It's, I just thought that was the cutest thing ever. Uh, it was a gigantic bell, and he would, he would ring it. Can you imagine Look, any of our three dogs trying to do absolutely that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, we have three dogs. One of them is a 14-year-old Labradoodle named River. River is, like, maybe 23 pounds. Um, we have another dog named Ted. Ted he is, has like a host of medical problems, but we love him just the same and like a temperament issue, but you know what? He's, he's a chill. And then we also have like a six pound chihuahua, chihuahua. named Kiwi. So, so yeah, so I don't think, I don't think they would be able to, uh, quite do what, what Sailor, Sailor did, did, but it was very cute. And nonetheless, it just seems like. Like, obviously, I did not do the haunts for this one, so you're going to tell me about the haunts, but to me, in my research, this place just seemed like a very charming, old lighthouse and little town that I would enjoy living in. I do see what they mean by headless. Yeah, right? It, it I was headless. laughing at it, but you're absolutely right. It does, it does look, look headless. headless. It does look yeah. Headless. Okay. Vibes. So, that's kind of a brief overview of the history of uh, the Wood Island Lighthouse and of Biddeford Pool, Maine. So, now let's hear about some of the darker sides of the lighthouse. Yes. So, I I will preface this by saying, like, this was a fun location to do. There's not, like, any super, super dark history here. There is one incident that's, like, a little bit disturbing. Yeah. Um, So, just, like, a little bit of a trigger warning for suicide. Mm -hmm. But... All right, so, like you said, the lighthouse was built in 1808. There are both residual and intelligent hauntings, and it's known as one of Maine's most haunted locations because of a murder-suicide that happened 88 years later after that lighthouse was built. So it happened in 1896. Okay. So let me set the scene for you. We have two 24-year-olds... Howard Hobbs. Just like me. I was going to say. And William Moses. And they're like bulling around in the I summer. I haven't heard the word bulling in so long. <laughs> That's like, I feel like a very Philly thing. It's such a good, yeah, that, that was such. They're literally bulling. Like, they're bulling. They're bulling around this summer. Great word. On Wood Island. And they like quote unquote rented a shack from this guy named Frederick Milliken, who was 35 years old. Okay. And he lived on Wood Island permanently in something called a dwelling house. And he owned this little shack and he rented it out to these two bulls, okay, for the summer. <laughs> and <laughs> John. Frederick was, like, p- 
part lobsterman. Like, okay. he went out and catch the lobsters. But the two 24-year-olds were fishermen, and they also hunted seals for bounty money. Wow. Uh, one small problem was that they hadn't paid Frederick in literal months. <gasps> which, like, you gotta pay your rent. Yeah. You know? Uh, so Frederick sees these two guys coming back and forth from the mainland and getting, like, rip-roaring drunk. Okay. Obnoxious. Yeah, whenever they're not fishing. So he's literally watching them spend the money that he knows that they have on getting drunk instead of paying him. So, That's yes, obnoxious. I would be angry, too. I would be very angry so he decides he's gonna confront them right of course because that's you have to do this. stand up for yourself so june 1st or june 2nd depending on the source that you use but i've seen june 1st more 1896 howard and william come stumbling back to their shack from the mainland and frederick marches his way over there and he attempts like a cordial conversation about the rent okay and howard responds um not great. He, like, whips out a rifle. <gasps> right? Oh. And Frederick is like, whoa. So he didn't know if it was loaded or not, but he tried to grab the gun away yeah. from him, and immediately Howard fired a shot into his abdomen. Jeez. And then, like, almost simultaneously, like, regrets it. So he brings Frederick back to his house and tries to help his wife with, like, healing him or, like, making yeah. sure that he survives. And Howard leaves and runs to get help from that lighthouse keeper at the time, who was Thomas Orcutt. Okay. And by the time he arrives back at the house, Frederick is lying dead, surrounded by his wife and his three oh, that's kids. so sad. Horrific scene. What an escalation. Like, that just didn't need to happen. I know. At all. And so then Orcutt suggests that Howard needs to turn himself in, and instead of doing that, Howard returns back to the shack writes a note expressing his remorse and ends his own life with the same rifle oh, by shooting geez. himself wow. in the head. Yeah. That's just sad all around. I know. It really is like a sad story. Yeah. You know? But it's widely thought that the spirits of those involved in the murder-suicide never left. And yeah. we're not talking about, like, just the two that died. Yeah, what about the other guy? We're t- uh, I, don't, I actually, he was never mentioned again in the story, so maybe he, was like, he would, like, <laughs> went back to the yeah. mainland or something. I don't know. But there are three main locations on the island that are said to be haunted. There's the dwelling house where Frederick lived. Okay. The shack, which is the one that he rented to the two guys. And, of course, the lighthouse. Of course. So, let's go over some general hauntings. Let's. The typical stuff. Uh, There's moans from the shack. Classic. Like someone in pain. Gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, Shadow figures that dart around corners and disappear. Some people that are visiting the island claim to encounter a spirit that can only be described as distraught. Some visitors claim that they hear whispers of, I didn't mean to, while they're near the lighthouse. Another spirit is said to be severely injured. Okay. Which I'm like, I don't know how they would know that. But apparently it's like super noisy and it sounds like it's stumbling around and like moaning and pain. It's so sad. God. They say that they can hear strange voices carried on, like, the sea breeze, so they'll think that someone's behind them and talking to them, and they'll turn around, there's no one there. Spooky. And they'll hear footsteps running in the shack in the dwelling house. So, I have some specific accounts, too, of hauntings on the island. So, Teresa Lowell lived on the island from 1984 to 1986 with her husband, who was the lightkeeper at the time. 
She claims that one day she opened her bedroom door and was face to face with a full body apparition of a semen. Oh, bruh. <laughs> Would you still want to be living there? Yeah. It's like a friend. If you saw a full bodied semen <laughs> in your doorway? Yes. Okay. I would, I would just be say, guest. this is my house now. I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. Um, and then in 1986, that's when they stopped having lighthouse keepers. So okay. her and her husband left the island. But she says, she swears on her life that she believes that the lighthouse is haunted. Wow. Okay. I'll take her word for it. So now getting into like the meat. Sorry. I've the used that. I've meat. used the, the lobster meat of this haunting. So in 2005, there was a group from a company, like a... What do you call it? Like a an LLC? No, no, <laughs> like a like a like a get together of people. Like what the fuck do you call that? Conglomerate? No, like a, a squad. Like so, in two thousand five, an organization called the New England Ghost Project went to the Creative island. Name. Yes. Well, it tells you exactly. Well, I guess ours is East Coast Haunts, so yeah, it tells listen. exactly. <laughs> it is blunt, it is to the point, and people know what they're going to exactly. get. Exactly. So. You're right, you're right. New England Ghost Project. So, they have claimed to have found supernatural evidence in 149 out of 150 ghost hunts from 1998 to 2005. So that's seven years. The words supernatural and evidence don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> well, these people, it, they're very uh, scientifically based. Okay. Which I appreciate. I do too. I feel like it's easier for me to accept things as scientific evidence when I can listen to like an EVP or like Absolutely. Whatever. Anyway, so they have tons of electronic ghost equipment so and like i said they rely more on science than psychic ability okay so 2005 a team heads out to the island and we have ron kolik who's the founder of the new england ghost project Uh maureen wood who is a medium okay um and also like a a receptionist (laughs) she's like (laughs) double duty um leo monfret who's a photographer and a newspaper publisher Karen Mossy, who's an EVP specialist, and Dan Parsons, who's the infrared imager, but they call him Thermal Dan. <laughs> Thermal Dan? <laughs> Which I don't know why I, I like found it. that like, so funny, but I did. Thermal Dan. Um, they set up a control center in the kitchen, and Maureen stepped on the island. She was like, my third eye is just going like batshit. How convenient. The energy is like so crazy. My third eye is going bad shit. (laughs) That's not what she said, but like that was, she was like, my third eye is going crazy, whatever. So they claim to have no prior knowledge of the history except for the fact that there was a murder-suicide that happened there. Well, I feel like that's a pretty big... They didn't know any of the details about the murder-suicide. So they went up to the top of the lighthouse and at the top of the beacon... Uh, Maureen claimed to feel a quote cold, clammy male presence try to move inside her. Nah, that was just thermal dance <laughs> <laughs> trying to make a move. <laughs> um, they Ooh. asked Ron, who was up there with her, asked her if it was a light 
housekeeper, and she said it wasn't an official keeper, but he acted like one. Okay. So they asked Maureen if the spirit... <laughs> she could just tell that from him trying to move inside her. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this group is sus. <laughs> I actually do kind of believe them, and I'll tell you why. But at this point, I was like, what do you mean? There's a cold, clammy male present trying to move inside her. And she said he doesn't feel like an official keeper, but he acts like <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I guess mediums have some way of telling this kind of stuff, but for two people that are not like have never experienced something, yeah, have like never, this, and I don't even, I couldn't even begin to imagine. It's a little jarring to read yeah. something like that, right? Yes. So, um, so Ron asked Maureen if the spirit inside her had died by his or her own hand. And she replied in a deep voice, yes. And he asked how, and she said, a head injury. Ooh. And then they asked if the spirit inside had killed his wife. And she responded, no. Because they just knew that it was a murder-suicide. They didn't know who was involved. Okay. Whatever. Um, It's like 20 questions. Exactly. So... That was, like, a pretty convincing encounter, I guess, on the top of the lighthouse. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Convincing is one way to put it. (laughs) A documented encounter. Uh, The control center, at the same time as this uh, interaction, was monitoring temperature, and they did record some abnormal drops in temperature while this was happening. That's kind of cool. So, I never knew why people said it got cold when spirits were around and i found like an actual explanation okay i'm curious i never knew either so apparently when a spirit breaks the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead to communicate with a living person it takes a lot of energy so it saps like the thermal and the kinetic energy from the surrounding area which is why sometimes people that have a paranormal encounter explain that it feels like time is moving slowly and that it's really cold. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I never knew that. So it's kind of like an endothermic reaction because it's like sucking all this energy in. Right. Which is pretty neat. Then, um, what's her name? Karen recorded is this a the voice. Medium? No, Karen okay. is the EVP specialist. Okay. She recorded a voice on the EVP that says, I think the shot got them. Oh. I didn't mean to do it. And a female voice sobbing like they've never heard anyone sob before. Okay. Which I think would probably be the wife. Yeah, this all fits in very well with the narrative. Yeah. Right. Um, They captured an image of a, quote, glowing mass of light. And there's a series of, like, infrared photos that show this orb becoming a clear human female form. Oh, wow. So they keep, like, taking photos, and at first it's just, like, a big bright spot, and then it slowly takes the shape of, like, a human female. It sounds like the, the assumedly the wife, right? The wife of the, the landlord that died is the one who is seen the most. Yes. Has the most hauntings around here. I would think, yeah, she is very active, apparently. And that was taken in the basement of the dwelling house. So, the same team um, returned back in 2006, 
And our favorite girl, Maureen, the medium. She's back. Used dowsing rods to find the spirit of a woman. Okay. And she said that she had been murdered on the island by a man. Oh. So using the dowsing rods, Maureen was led to a location off the boardwalk on the island. And she began asking questions and she determined that three girls who were killed separately were buried underneath a shack in this spot. And then the shack was burned down. Okay. That freaked Ron out because he had received a phone call from a Missouri man months prior who had a psychic dream about a shack on Wood Island and in it had watched four girls get murdered. That is so specific. That's Isn't like you that can't weird? even yeah, you can't like write that off as like as like it's, it's a small island, yeah. It's tiny. And so this Missouri man had called Rob because he Googled Wood Island and he saw the investigation from the prior year. Oh. And Ron had not told anyone about this. Okay. So this next part was witnessed by about 10 other people. Some of these people were not involved with the project. So it's not even like they're falsifying their own information. Right. So this happened in the attic of the dwelling house. It was silent. It was pitch black. And then all of a sudden, it sounded like rain was pouring down outside, even though it was completely dry outside. Maureen began speaking in a Spanish accent and a male voice. She introduced herself as Roger from the year of 1762. And she told the group that she had been on the island for 360 days. Oh. And she was pissed. Because her captain and shipmates abandoned him on the island. Aww. So he told the group that he flew under no flag. So they assumed that that meant pirate, but oh, Roger became irritated and angry when that word was used. Okay. So Swashbuckler, they should have said. They should have said Captain Jasper. Captain Robert. Captain Roger. Yeah, Roger. Sorry. Jolly Roger. Yeah, actually. So Maureen began to, like, shake. Okay. And kind of get, like, a little bit violent with herself. Oh. So they, Ron told the spirit to leave Maureen. Okay. And apparently it looked like a scene out of a possession movie. Like, her (gasps) head was thrown back. Like, she was, like, shaking. Um, Like, her head was whipping back and forth until blue smoke left her mouth and filled the air. Roger. I know. Roger was kind of a little spicy bull. Yeah. He was in a spicy mood. So that is the last documented haunting on the island. But I'm going to leave this off with a quote from the Wood Island Lighthouse website, which is where I got a lot of my information. I'm Same sure here. Yeah, I got a lot from there too. And this says, quote, The friends of Wood Island Lighthouse can take heart in knowing that while they care for their landmark during the day... There are certainly plenty of souls that watching over it at night. I actually really like that. That's a I cute do too. quote. I do too. Because it does seem like a lot of work goes into the preservation of the lighthouse. Like they've got that whole society, the nonprofit society, and they help keep it up and everything. And the yeah. Coast Guard and all those people go to visit it. But then there's also a very rich history, which even though there are some sad parts, it's super interesting. It is super interesting. I like the dog. I love the dog. He's my favorite part. And honestly, for the fact that it's been around for like over 200 years and there's only like one or two tragedies, like I would say that's a pretty good track record. I agree. Right? Yeah. I think that this is a place that I would love to go visit. I love Maine. Absolutely. 
I would love to go. Yeah, I want to go to Maine swim now. Swim on out to this island. Swim with the deers. We can ride on the deers back. <laughs> Onward, baby. And, and then our <laughs> and then our third eyes will be going back. <laughs> My third eyes gonna go. Ah, yeah, that was I. I like that location. That was cool. We should do another Maine one sometime. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much again for the recommendation. Yes, thank you. That was a really good one. And we will talk to you guys very soon. Hope you all have a great holiday season. Yes. And this enjoy. is a this is, will not be our last episode before Christmas. But, but just enjoy enjoy the the thrills and feelings of the holiday yes. season. You know. And you know, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy the magical holiday season. Exactly. Hopefully it'll snow soon. Yes, and then we can get a white Christmas. That would be nice. Yes. All right. Just like well, as I used to know. Yeah. May your days be merry and bright. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Ho ho ho, and be of good cheer. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>